As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. There's no crying in baseball! I ate his liver with some father beans. I skinned. If I can change, and you can change, everybody can change! And welcome to another episode of your next favorite movie. I am your host, Josh G, and today I am joined by Mustafa Gadalari. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So where will people know you from? Talk about yourself a little bit. Uh, you probably might know me from, um, if you're into paranormal stuff and spooky stuff, you might know me from A&E's Ghost Hunters. Um, they did a reboot with a new uh, team uh, that launched in 2019. And uh, I'm part of uh, the new team over there. Um, it was on, yeah, we were on A&E. We got to investigate with Grant Wilson. He was part of the OG crew of Ghost Hunters. And uh, we went on a ton of amazing locations. Um, if you're not into paranormal stuff, and you don't know ghost hunters or you avoid it like the plague because you think it's all a bunch of nonsense. <laughs> I mentioned people mention that all the time. And they said, I was like, Hey man, like I understand a lot of these shows are, are really crappy, but I, I take pride in you know the work. We try to take a more scientific approach to things. But uh, if you're not, then uh, I'm a viral media writer also for distractify.com. I've been with them since about 2015. So you might've seen my name pop up on some viral media article that, uh, your aunt shared on Facebook and says, Oh my God, did you know this or anything like that? And, uh, I'm also in an upcoming production, uh, called Nightbirds, which is directed by David Vadim. The guy's brilliant. Um, and we have uh, a lot of great talent in there. Ben Edelman who won the OB in, in admissions. He was like toast of Broadway for, uh, for a while. And he was, his name was above the, the headline in the West End theater and uh, Chris Conroy's in it. He's in a ton of, uh, TV shows like God Friended Me and Almost Family. He got rave reviews in The Congressman. You got Aida Totoro's in it, uh, Treat Williams. So, yeah. So oh, okay, yeah. A lot of cool stuff, yeah. Awesome. Sounds Very fortunate. good. So when I, when I reached out, you sounded pretty excited to talk about what movie? Tell everybody your movie. I, do, I think that Nocturnal Animals does not get enough love. Do you ever feel like your life has turned into something you never intended? I'm worried about you. Were you sleeping? You scared me the last time we talked. You know me. I never sleep. My ex-husband used to call me a nocturnal animal. I didn't know you had an ex-husband. I've been thinking about him a lot lately. And then recently he sent me this book that he's written. It's violent and it's sad. And he dedicated it to me. Did you love him? I did something horrible to him. question of how serious you are about seeing justice done. Don't do this. You'll regret it. I really wanted to be this person that you thought I was. You're crazy. You're making a big mistake. You'll never find out. When you love someone, 
You have to be careful with it. You might never get it again. It's fun to kill people. We should try it sometime. <laughs> Nobody gets away with what you did. I absolutely love Nocturne Animals. Did you see it? I did. I have seen it. Okay. I actually, I watched it for the first time during this whole quarantine going down. All right. But I rewatched it last night so I could refamiliarize myself. Okay, very. Cool. And you're right. It it is very good, and it does it doesn't get enough love. I agree with that statement. You know, because and, and with this cast, I mean, Jake Gyllenhaal, Amy Adams, Michael Shannon steals the show in this. <laughs> oh my! How, how good is he in that? How good is he in that? And then Aaron Taylor Johnson. I mean, it, it's so weird to see him because all I can think is kick-ass. I'm like, he's nah. not kick-ass. No, he's bro man in this movie. He is. He is a bad dude in it. It's. Yeah. I, I think it's. Uh, it's. It's incredible. Uh, I love the movie so much. I could. I, I'll never shut up about it. So if there's like pointed questions or anything you want to ask about it that you want to ask first, you can start with that. Uh, or, I mean, I can, I have so many things I, I have to say about this movie that I, I just love. Well, I think for, we'll get started with this. For people who haven't seen it, just give a short, brief synopsis of what this movie is. It is ultimately the tale of a couple who were together when they were young, and they came apart, and Amy Adams, uh, who moved on, so to speak, and uh, married somebody, somebody else, receives a package in the mail and it's from her ex-lover who is played by jake gyllenhaal and it is a manuscript of a book that he finally got published and he was a struggling writer and she reads the book and the movie takes place in the fictional world of the book that jake gyllenhaal's character wrote along with the real life world of amy adams and her marriage and she's very wealthy very well to do right very charmed life or is it and, yeah um, there's a lot of interesting parallels between the book that jake gyllenhaal's character wrote and uh amy adams life yeah and i also think it's interesting that you're also you're getting three timelines really you're getting the fictional book mm -hmm. you're getting her currently reading in her life and then you're getting their past life when they were together Exactly. Which is what le basically led him to write the book. So exactly. So because he, he he always he says he even says in the movie you always write about yourself. That's what writers do. Exactly. There's a point where he makes to. that point because yeah you have I mean what else are you gonna write if you don't write about what you know that's what you know. I, I would even say the best actors are just more of themselves in 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 roles. It's a something my good friend David Vadim, the director of Nightbirds, and he always says it's like the best best actors like even a chameleon isn't. Like a chameleon, still a chameleon. You put it in front of a trash can, it's a chameleon, but it's gray. Like you put right. it in front of a tree, it's a chameleon, but it's brown. It's not like, oh, it's a trash can now, and oh, it's a tree. Right, right. Uh, that, that's what I really love about this movie is that like you get to see more of these individual uh, personalities and, and actors, and they're, they're fantastic. Okay, so when did you first see this movie? Did you see it when I, it came out? Yeah, I saw it in uh, 2016. I, um, I watched it uh, in theaters by myself because uh, I think my, my wife was uh, visiting her family in South Jersey and I had work to do up here and then I was like alone on a Saturday night and then I saw I went into the New York City I live in North Jersey 
and they were only playing it in a few select theaters. And um, it just seemed so intriguing. I didn't know about it. But I just loved the title and the fact that the fact that Michael Shannon and Amy Adams were in a movie. And I was like, cool. And I love Jake Gyllenhaal. I loved him in Nightcrawler. And I was like, ooh, oh, Tom, yeah. like Tom Ford's directing this. And uh, a friend of mine had said good things about it. So I was like, okay, cool. Let me check this out. And the fashion designer, Tom Ford, directed it. And um, <laughs> it's, it's a testament to uh, the fact that, like, if you're great in one aspect of something and facet of something, there's definitely some carryover because that guy makes amazing clothing. And it, it definitely <laughs> carried over to his directorial skills. So, yeah, I saw it when it came out in 2016. Okay. I, I'd say sometimes that works. You also have a guy like Bo Welch, who was a fantastic production designer, direct Cat in the Hat. And uh, uh, I, don't say, yeah. I wouldn't say that. That carried over very well. But. Yeah, they weren't, <laughs> they weren't working with anything honest. And that was probably a gift, not a talent. <laughs> so, obviously, right away, you love this movie. So, when, when do you think you, it cemented itself as top of the top shelf for you? Uh, I would say I watched it again earlier this year. I was on the road for, I mean, oh, early 2020. I would say it had to be last year. Yeah. yeah <laughs> last year, not this year, 2021. Jeez. I'm still right. I know. My, I'm still right. Yeah. On my checks. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we were in, uh, we were in, I want to say Galena, Illinois. And, uh, yeah, we were in Galena, Illinois filming the episode or early 2020. And, um, I watched it again with Daryl from the show. And I was like, have you ever seen Nocturnal Animals? He said, no. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's the most brutal movie ever. I'm like, you got to watch it. And then I remember, like, the first 30 minutes, he just looks at me. He's like, what the hell are you showing me? But it was, like, yeah. in a good way. It was uh, – from then on, I remember I remember rewatching the movie, and I was like, ah, oh, okay. And, and, and especially as somebody who'd been – I had been married for a few years more after that, and I was, like, watching this – watching the movie and – I had a significant kind of, not like crazy, it's not like I'm a millionaire or whatever, but like I had a kind of significant change in terms of like what my, like my career was. And so you just kind of find out that like the same old things that, that get you down, no matter like where you're at in your dream uh, are going to get you down even more uh, the further you climb or the more success you attain, so to speak. So for me, it was, it was awesome. Uh, that's when it cemented it for me, I would say like last year. Okay. Okay. So I don't know that this movie is the type that lends itself, but what would you want to see in a sequel? I would say like, okay, so there's, there's two ideas you could take a sequel. At first I remember like when, when uh, thinking of the idea of a sequel, like I don't see it in terms of like a plot sequel. Okay. In terms of like a spiritual sequel in terms of like themes and stuff that they want to play out. I would love to see something explored with, I don't want to spoil too much of the movie, but right, right. I agree. The end, the end leaves us on a certain note and mm -hmm. one character gets the emotional upper hand, so to speak on another character. So what I would love to see in a spiritual sequel is maybe dealing with the aftermath of kind of uh, following through on that uh vengeance so to speak you know what i mean like what does life look like after you pull such a big stunt like that are you satisfied are you uh, does that like you know for for not to get again not to get too spoilery i don't know how to talk about it but for one specific character who you know wrote this wrote the book and enacted this plan and whatever it was this emotional plan like where is he at now 
uh, as a result of that. And where's, uh, you know, his uh, ex's character after that. So right. I don't know. Yeah. I, would look, I would love to see the aftermath of that. I think that'd be really cool. Now, I, I, I saw this was based off a book. Have you read the book? Not at all. I don't even okay. know. Okay. I just happened to pay attention when I was watching last night during the credits, like based off the novel. And I was like, huh, okay. I wonder if it goes into any more or not. I don't, I don't know though. That, yeah. Now I just, I just might have to read that. Um, I just might have to read that. I don't really spend too much time reading books, even though I was like a English major and I, I've read <laughs> hundreds of them in college and all types of fiction. I maybe read like one book, every, uh, fiction work, maybe every like two, three years. But, um, uh, that I'll probably look into. I watched the sh- I read the short story for Drive, the Brian Gosling movie, because I found yeah. out it was based on a short story. And usually, I didn't know of- that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Novellas and short stories make for the best movies because it's like roughly around the same amount of time. Right. Oh yeah. yeah exactly. The film. So, yeah. yeah. And and No Country for Old Men, which is almost word for word. Is it? I've never read it. So okay. It's almost word for word, except Anton Chigurh's character has way less dialogue in the movie. And that's just by virtue of time. Like they have to condense everything. Yeah. So this is a newer movie, so it's not really a recasting thing, but there was, is there any characters you would have liked to seen someone different? Maybe? So, yeah. So here's the thing, okay, about this movie. Um, and it, a lot of it has to do with like the themes of the stuff of what it tackles. So Amy Adams character is somebody who essentially, and we're going to spoil it, whatever, you know, okay. I'll okay. Spoilers it. ahead. Spoilers, spoilers ahead. ahead. If you haven't seen it, like, <laughs> and then stop right now, go watch it and come back and rewatch this. But like her character ultimately decides to repeat the mistakes of her mother's generation. Yep. And basically takes a shit figuratively on love even though she was in love with jake gyllenhaal's character and goes with the safe guy you know the charming money guy and they set up right in the beginning of the movie that they're in like a horrible relationship he's cheating on her, yep. Yep. Care about her she has this great beautiful job like you know as this art gallery manager and it's still not good enough you know what i mean so i think you need to cast somebody who could typify that like, who is an actress that would be great for that? So I'm not saying it would be better or who I would recast, but I really think, like, on a personal level, who could, who's an actress you could imagine would have love and then would throw it in the garbage for a superficial reason? Me, personally, I think it would be really, really interesting. It, it, it might not work at all, depending on how she would play it, but... um I would love to see Anne Hathaway play that role. You know what I mean? Because like somebody who's like, she ruffled a lot of people's feathers in a bad way when she got her Oscar for um, uh, Les Miserables, you know, she's like, Oh, it did come true. And then everyone's (laughs) like, Oh, that was so like fake. Like, you know what I mean? Like um, a lot of people gave her crap for that. So I think it would be cool to put her in that. And then Aaron Taylor Johnson, he has this moment at the end of the film where Jake Gyllenhaal's character confronts him about why he killed, you know, raped and killed his wife and daughter. And, um, you know, Aaron Taylor Johnson's kind of just, you know, doing the cool, crazy guy thing. Like, you know what I mean? Wow, it's fun. Like, you know what I mean? And it's, there's nothing behind it. There's no weight behind it, which I think works for the movie because it shows like, wow, 
I think this is Tom Ford's directing or whatever, but like it fits, it works with the movie because it shows like, honestly, like literally all that really matters is that closeness with another person and any getting away from that is really a slap in the face. Like there's nothing that can make up for it. There really is no reason for that murder. If you have that closeness and you turn your back on it, you're just an idiotic killer. Like Johnson's character. There's, it's, it's insanity. There's no reason to do that if you have that closeness with a person. You're a disgusting individual if you turn your back on it. So right. I think that works for Aaron Taylor Johnson's character. But I think that there would be a lot of really cool people to put in that role. I mean, you could put, you could put Timothy Chalamet in that role. I think it would work. I think he would do a great job. You could, and you're, you could put somebody who's a little more boorish in that role. Like, you know... Um, I'm trying to think, uh, uh, maybe, like, maybe not Timothy Chalamet, but like you'd have to get like, um, oh, you know who would be good? Remember um, Sookie Stackhouse's brother, Jason Stackhouse in True Blood? Ryan Quentin. Ryan Quentin. No, I didn't watch True Blood. I know True Blood, but I didn't yeah. watch True Blood. So I don't... Up, the, the actor, Ryan Quentin, who plays Jason Stackhouse, because he's got the right amount of like pretty boyism to it, but there's something about him that's like, Oh man, like even when he's doing horrible things, it's hard to hate him. But like, I think it would really highlight how ugly the things he's doing are with a guy who's that good looking. I think it would be cool to, oh, to okay. put him in that role. Like, I think Ryan Quinn, and plus he's a, she's a tremendous actor. He's very good. Like, he can handle that. So I think Timothy Chalamet for Aaron Taylor Johnson's role. Anybody else? Like, Jake Gyllenhaal's awesome. I can't imagine anybody else doing that role. Yeah, I agree. He's good. He confronts that like he confronts that cowardice about himself so so well like and it's so yep. personal. I thought he did a real. It's like Hamlet in the role. It's really good. And um, I mean Michael Shannon is like. Oh yeah, I I think we can agree. No one can do what he did. <laughs> I I don't know if it would be the same movie. I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm a policeman. Like when he said that <laughs> line, I was like, oh my god. He was because he just he just got that way. He delivers all his lines like the way yeah. it's it's like. I love I love him in almost everything, yeah, but he does he works especially great in this. Yeah, he 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 busts his ass like he's a he's I love that guy, man. I thought in this one especially, he said in some interviews too. He's like, this is a role like, there's a lot of movies I get, there's a lot of scripts I get, and I'm like, even while I'm doing it, I'm like, I don't have a handle on this character at all. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. He's like, but with this role, he goes, I just right away I got it right away and it's a it's a beautiful character it's like okay you're so free he knows he's dead he knows he's gonna die yeah, how do yeah. i play this how do i yeah. play this and he goes i got these i guys i get to do one good thing before i kick the bucket and i'm gonna enjoy every second of it hey, exactly I mean, what, what, I like, exactly what are they gonna do to him like he's you like said he knows his his death's coming yeah. they can't touch him Oh yeah, They're trying to get him out anyway. <laughs> yeah, I thought Army Hammer in his small part was good too. I thought Army Hammer was really good. He's he's like you could see him working with the fact that like he's just this guy who's a cardboard cutout of Mister Charming, and he's right. that and he was working with that. Like he's like he didn't care about his wife at all, and he played it I think in a really really great way. I, I thought. Yeah, I thought the casting was was brilliant in the movie. Yeah, I think I think they did a good job on this. That's why I wasn't sure where you'd go with any different casting, but okay. It's just different temperatures. Like, you know, I think everybody really, really knocked it out of the park. But, you know, it'd be interesting to see what another actor would do with Aaron Taylor Johnson's character's final monologue. I think 
that would have been cool to see what other people would have done with that. Okay. All right. So that is Nocturnal Animals. If you have not checked it out after this, I, I don't see a reason why you wouldn't. Just make sure you're going to pay attention. There's three somewhat timelines, if you will. Mm -hmm. So you got to pay attention. I could see some people finding this a slow burn. You yeah. know, to me, I think enough is happening to keep you, you engaged. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. so if, if, I swear, if you sit through it, it pays off in the end. It is a good movie. Yeah, so tell, it, tell everybody where they can find you. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, you can find me on um, Instagram and Gadalari. I'm the only Mustafa Gadalari <laughs> in the world. So hey, oh, that's easy. Makes it easy. Literally the only one. So, you know, you put me in Google or Bing. <laughs> you'll find you'll find <laughs> you'll find me uh top my it's my twitter handles different than my grandma because twitter banned my old name because i made fun of legend of zelda and a bunch of nintendo fans flagged me for hate speech and i didn't use twitter that much back then so i logged in like three weeks later and they were like well you know the you took too long to appeal it so no more m gadalari i'm like what so uh, yeah, oh. top gato on twitter so all right. I think we're going to wrap it up. As always, you can find the show on Twitter and Instagram at YNF Movie Pod. You can follow my personal accounts on both of those at Horror Cow Tiger. So be sure to check back next week. We'll have a different guest and a different movie. And who knows, you may come across your next favorite movie. You guys take care. I'll talk to you next time. <laughs>